Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. First and goal now from the six. Wide open. Schultz for the touchdown. Rush five. Prescott tries to slip out the side door. That's caught, breaking a tackle, picking up the first down, and a whole lot more is T.Y. Hilton. Prescott with plenty of time. Fires. Touchdown. Caught. Leaping grab by Dalton Schultz. How about them Cowboys? Indeed. Well, it wasn't always pretty and it was downright ugly in the first half at times, but hey, Cowboys are freaking 12 and 4. We're looking towards the playoffs. We got one more game to go, but before we do that, we got to wrap up this one. Father John Machota is standing by at the nearest dueling piano bar to the vicinity of Nissan Stadium to recap this one with us. So we appreciate him staying up late. Saad Yusuf is staying up late with this one. He's got a big star story to write, but he's stopping down to talk some Cowboys. So make sure you check out his big Jake Ottinger story on The Athletic. Athletic.com slash about them Cowboys gets you the best deal on The Athletic, by the way. So check that out. Athletic.com slash about them Cowboys. Well, KT's not here, John, but... Need your first impressions, general thoughts, observations on this Cowboys victory. Oh, I have a lot of general thoughts. I I guess I'll start with the way the first half ended. The fumble and two interceptions on last three possessions on offense. That's not exactly what you want against anybody. Um, kind of ironic the way that they happened. One, not being Dak's fault. Uh, you know, a tip ball. And then the other being... Uh, a bad play on his part. So kind of, it just continues to go with that trend. And now Dak all of a sudden finds himself leading the league in interceptions and he hasn't played in five games. So uh, that kind of, that that one probably stood out the most to me at halftime, but getting the win, obviously, you know, Dak, Mike McCarthy after the game talked about how, you know, they're not really looking for style points. You know, they win the game and almost covered. I think the line was 14, but you win. Okay. 27, 13, they'll take that. You move on 12 wins. I mean, back-to-back years, that's that's pretty impressive. The negative side, I would say, is the fact that Tyler Biotish goes out. That doesn't look great. Um, he comes back to the sideline and, and his right foot's in a walking boot. And so the offensive line looked okay. Uh, that patchwork group that they put together uh, with Connor McGovern moving over to center and uh, Tyler Smith moving to left guard and, and Jason Peters moving to left tackle. But if... if Tyler Baddish is out. I mean, is that what they're going to have to go with for the rest of the, you know, well, obviously they're going to be going to the playoffs. Um, I don't think it really matters a ton about the Washington game, but I just wonder if Jason Peters can hold up for an entire game, let alone multiple games that it would take for them to go on a deep playoff run. So there's got to be some genuine concern there. Uh, Positives though. uh, CD lamb continues to look like one of the best receivers in the league and perform like that. T Y Hilton keeps saying how he can handle more. And every time he's been out, you know, it seems like he can handle more and, and continues to show that 
that might be one of the best pickups they've had in a long time, especially for as late in the season as they got him. Micah Parsons obviously didn't look great playing with a club on his hand. It's, uh, Mike McCarthy said after the game that there isn't a significant concern uh, with that, that it's not something he's going to have to play with, you know, in the playoffs and that they think that it's more of a precautionary thing right now and that he'll eventually get that off. So uh, it's a, a laceration on the back of his hand. That's why he was wearing that. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's positives, there's negatives to take away from it. I think the biggest is, like I said, that they, they're at 12 wins now. The biggest negative is the fact that it, you might have lost Tyler Biotis for the season. Yeah, I think I think when you kind of look at like you know the full scope of things, I, I, you can't dismiss a twelve win season no matter what, and uh, especially when you're in the arguably the most competitive slash toughest division. I mean, they did a good job, and and you know they've done a good job all season. But I think the injury was the big thing. Tyler Biotis, you you already don't have a whole lot of depth. I I don't think that you're bad. Their offensive line was fine in you know what they were throwing out there, but I just don't know. Like if they can afford, if, if Biotis can't come back there, this five is about as deep as they can get. And so, um, I think that's one thing, but a positive for me was really the pass rush too, because the pass rush, we talked a lot about, you know, one sack, I think in four games or three games or something like that. And I understand the quarterback wasn't the guy like, you know, it was Josh Dobbs. So it's, you know, that's whatever. But I think the pass rush in general, going up against that offensive line, I think that was uh, a little encouraging to see that kind of come back. So I think for me, the pass rush was encouraging. CD Lamb was encouraging, um, but the Dak interceptions, man. Like you know, last week I was giving him you know benefit of not benefit of the doubt, but just giving him credit for stepping up to the podium after the Eagles game, taking it on the you know taking accountability for that interception early on. But these these interceptions just aren't stopping, and they're the same thing. Like they're in the first half. Most of them are in the first half. Half of them are in the possession right before halftime, um, and they're just all coming in the same way. And I think you know, obviously, the Hendershot one, you you don't blame that on on Dak. That's more of like you know the Jacksonville overtime one. But the but the other one at the end of halftime, at the end of the first half, Dak just can't be doing that anymore. And it and you know you can beat the Tennessee Titans. For me, the the vibe of the game was very Houston Texans like. I didn't think they were ever going to lose this game, no matter how bad they played now or how much they played with their food. I knew it was just going to take one moment in the second half for them to turn the switch, but it just doesn't leave you feeling very good about you know the way that the game went. Um, but overall, I still think it's encouraging for them. Yeah, you know you're going to play you know, better teams, obviously in the playoffs than this team, you're going to be playing teams that their quarterbacks have actually been in their building all season long. You know, uh, if Josh Dobbs had been the backup quarterback for the Titans all season and got into this game, who knows how it would have ended. The fact that he, you know, he's pretty much just thrust into this, this position last minute. I mean, what are you really expecting from a guy that was on the lions practice squad? So, uh, you know, I, I get the whole line of, you know, every, they, their guys get paid too, and, you know, Hey, this is a good, one of the better run defenses in the NFL. And, uh, let's be honest, if it wasn't for a lot of those injuries and things like that, uh, you got, you know, Derek Henry would be out there and, and Tannehill and some of those other things. And this would have been a way different game in terms of, uh, you know, how difficult it would have been to win. But I agree with you, Saad. There was not, no point that I think that they were going to lose this game. It, it, it was just about getting out of here without any injuries. Biotish obviously looks like that. That's one notable one. It looks like they dodged any others because there were times where Sam Williams came out of the game, uh, J. Ron Curse, 
Dak. Uh, Dak. Well, I, he never came out of the game, but yeah, he definitely. Yeah. It looked like he grabbed his right knee, but he was fine after that. I mean, uh, let's see who else. Nation Wright went into the medical tent at one point, so it seems like they dodged, uh, you know, any any major bullets there. But it is really that it, it's that Tyler Biotish one that that you have to be concerned about because you know you want that offensive line to be cohesive and, and and be a group that gets to play together for three, four games before you go in the playoffs. And so they're obviously not going to have that. And then even if Biotis is able to come back, I, I just wonder how effective he'll be. I mean, this is one of those where he couldn't even walk to the locker room. He needed to be carted off and then he came back in a walking boot. So, um, you know, this is a good time for them to be, you know, getting a little extra rest here, getting a couple extra days here. Uh, you know, Micah just doesn't look like he's even close to being 100%. Demarcus Lawrence, same way. So maybe getting this extra rest here, obviously not not playing Tony Pollard in this game was was big for him, getting him a little bit of rest because I'll be honest, Jerry said before the game kind of surprised me, or I'm sorry, Mike McCarthy said before the game on the pregame show that uh, he expects Tony to be back next week and to potentially play against Washington. So it sounds like, you know, relatively speaking, they're in pretty good shape, but you just hate to, you know, lose a, 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 your center who's been your center all season long uh, with one week left in the regular season. Yeah. And also on Biotish, uh, you know, I don't know the intricacies because I'm not there every day now. Um, but I remember when I was there every day and, and when the Travis Frederick injury happened and Joe Looney stepped up, the number one thing that Dak told me about what that, what, what the tough part about that was, wasn't even just the, the blocking or the snapping. It was the communication and the and you know pointing things out before the snap and everything that Travis Frederick did that Joe Looney just you know wasn't in wasn't up to speed on um and you know for Biadish to be like John said in that role all season long and then from a governor to you know switch into that you got to wonder how many more you know breakdowns and protection might happen and you know things like that I think I think it goes beyond just the blocking I, I would say arguably the center position is probably the second most important position on the offensive line in terms of, you know, after left tackle, of course. So, um, you know, it, it, it's critical. And I think that'll be an, that'll be an injury that could be felt um, if, you know, Connor McGovern doesn't really step up in, in, in the same way, both pre-snap and post-snap. Yeah. But it should be pointed out also that this is an offense that it is, it is performing like one of the best offenses in the league. I mean, if you were to, just remove one of those turnovers per game. Like I've, like I've said on previous podcasts and you just get it down to one, let alone if you have a game where you don't turn the ball over at all, you know, this offense is going to put up 30, even against good teams, you know? And so if your defense continue to take the ball away the way it has, that covers up a lot of things too. Now they're up to 32 takeaways this season, uh, right on pace to match the 34 that they had last year that led the league. So that's another bright spot from this game was that they were able to get a couple more takeaways and, and get that kind of staying in the right direction because uh, that's going to be huge for them because I just don't think that against these playoff teams that you're going to necessarily have that big-time pass rush that's getting four or five sacks a game. You know, So if you're not getting that to get off the field, you're going to probably have to steal possession here or there, especially if you're turning the ball over. So that was obviously a good sign to see them keep that the takeaway thing going. Yeah, we talked earlier in the season about just some of the blemishes on the offense and what having a good defense can do to cover up some of those blemishes. When we talk about Dak Prescott, though, and, you know, obviously not all the interceptions were on him, but there was one on the on the P.I. call uh, late in the game. I thought he shouldn't have thrown that. I thought maybe he was trying to draw a P.I. call, got lucky on a P.I. call, ended up being a 51-yard swing of the field, but, like, 
That was a risky, <laughs> if that wasn't PI, that was a risky ball to throw. John, where do you draw the line between taking a risk and just bad decision-making, especially at the end of the first half where really they were gifting you a drive and points at the end. All you had to do, you know, maybe kick a field goal, probably were going to score a touchdown there. And uh, yeah, just bad decision-making. I would say I draw the line at whatever the other team is going to catch the ball. Don't do that thing. So, so whatever you think that, whenever you think that you might give it to the other team. Have you tried telling Dak that? I haven't been. Okay. Now I feel foolish because I feel like if I do. Yeah. That might. Then, that then, a, is, then they'll is, stop. Is that yeah. a Dwight Schrute? Um, yes. It reminds okay. me of the Mike McDaniel. I, I got you. I got you. We're vibing, John. <laughs> Justin Fields. It's like, stop rushing. I thought if yeah. I told him to stop rushing that maybe he would stop. You know, maybe nobody had asked him to stop. Whenever <laughs> Dak thinks he might throw it to the other team, don't do that. Hey, Dak, have you tried not throwing it to the other team yet? But Oh, okay. Appreciate that. Yeah, there's definitely times where I think he's overly aggressive um Mm -hmm. but i just don't think that's going to change because he wants to be super aggressive mike mccarthy wants him to be super aggressive and so um we'll see we'll see that Mm -hmm. this might turn out to be the reason why they make a deep playoff run it also might be the reason that they go home early um as of right now they continue to win games and to be honest, but to how well they've played, they're certainly not the, they're probably going to end up with a fifth seed in the playoffs. They're clearly better than the fifth seed uh, in the NFC. There's no question about that. I still think that they're uh, the third best team in the NFC right now behind uh, Philadelphia and San Francisco. And I, I definitely think they can beat both those teams on the road uh, if they play well, you know, but it's, you know, it's just been a little while since we've seen them play really well. You know, it's been since that Minnesota game. And, and you know, this isn't just an us thing uh, talking about this. You know, I'm in the locker room today after the game was over. You know, CD talked about how he would like to, you know, that's what they're reaching for is that playing, that, playing like they did in that Minnesota game again. And, you know, Tank Lawrence talked about how, they, yeah, they want to get back to that, but it's it's unrealistic to expect you to do that every week. And and that's and I get that. I, I understand that, and especially when you're you know getting losing key players and injuries and things like that. But if they they've done that before, you know it's in them to put together a game like that. And maybe when they get in the playoffs, maybe against a, a really good team, you know, maybe they do put that together again. There is a, there is a little bit of that when you watch them these last few games like where they're playing to their competition, you know? I mean, the Colts game, it looks like a blowout because of what they did in the fourth quarter, but for most of that game, they were playing like they did today. And they played today for a a decent stretch like they played against the Texans. And these are teams that we expected were like, oh, if you can blow out Minnesota like that, you should just destroy these teams. And that's not always going to be the case, you know? So um, it's a a fine line. You know, I know Bob Sturm writes about this a lot and talks about this a lot, that, that, that fine line between, you know, you're going to sit there and complain about a win. It's so hard to get a win in the NFL and this team has 12 of them. So it's. Do you think the playbook is bigger in games like this? Like you take more risks when you play down your, you're not as as threatened by your competition. I think we talked about that earlier in the year when they played the bears and we're like, maybe they might some pull some, they're playing the bears at noon. They're going to pull some stuff out of their butt and just see what they can do. Was this one of those games for them? I think the focus might not be as razor razor sharp in games like this because, frankly, it doesn't need to be. Because you can still feel like, well, even if it gets close late, we can turn it on when we want Mm -hmm. to. We're clearly better than this team. Yeah. And it worked in most of their games, (laughs) except for Jacksonville. And I don't know that they felt that way in Green Bay. I think that they were kind of shocked with, you know, the way that that, having that 14-point lead and the way that 
evaporated. And then I still think that they felt in overtime that they'd win that game. Um, but since then, you know, they respond the very next week and they have that game against Minnesota and it just shows you that, that there's no reason they should have lost to the Packers. And so I think they were feeling really good. And then since then, they just really haven't played a team that they probably feel is on their level and they will never admit that, you know, that would be awful for them to admit that, that, that you know, I just, you're not going to hear that from a professional athlete, uh, at least not on the record, but that just, the actions make me think that the way that they're playing that. There's just nothing since that Minnesota game that's come close to looking like the Minnesota. Well, the fourth quarter against the Colts <laughs> looked like the, the Minnesota game mm-hmm. a little bit. But I, I just I feel like if they can get back to playing like that, whether that maybe that's with Leighton Vander Esch back in the lineup, they get back Jonathan Hankins. Uh, maybe they can get back to that. Now it just your focus now shifts to this offensive line because, you know, I, I don't them not running the ball well tonight. That's not a huge deal to me. This is a good Titans run defense. Like, okay, and you didn't have Tony Pollard. What did you, you think you're going to go for a buck 50 against these guys? I just don't think that's realistic. And so that's not really a concern there. It's about everybody being on the same page on that offensive line. And more importantly, I think Connor McGovern can be fine at center. I'm my biggest concern on the offense, offensive line is can Jason Peters play a full game and then play again, a full game the following week. I, I don't think anybody knows if, if he can or not. And if he can't, then we're talking about Josh ball. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think the offensive line definitely is, you know, I I think where the spotlight kind of goes after this game. Um, but Kent, to your to your question about Dak and and the risk that he's taking, this is the analogy that I draw, um, and y'all y'all can tell me if y'all think this is a little out of bounds. I, I call it the Alex Smith prototype, right? So Alex Smith, one of the best bus driver quarterbacks there was, and then the guy that replaced him in San Francisco was Colin Kaepernick, and when it was working. They went to the Super Bowl. When it wasn't working, he flamed out of the NFL, possibly for other reasons as well. But he, but he was he was bad before all those other things happened. And then in Kansas City, again, he was he was getting them to the playoffs, but he was just a bus driver. And then the next guy that came in there was the high upside guy who then won the Super Bowl. So I think when you look at you know when you talk about what's the what's the balance of of you know playing conservative and and risk, it's like okay. If you play conservative, you can always be Alex Smith. If you try to take chances, you can end up being the the south of Colin Kaepernick, or you can you can have showings like Patrick Mahomes at times. And I think that's the extreme of of kind of where you see Dak and the conservativeness, or whether you know you're you're going out there and taking chances. You're it's going to end up being on one extreme or the other usually if you're going to play that way. Um, and and I think you know you kind of see that with Dak. Sometimes he makes plays. I mean. That that look at the Eagles game. That interception was awful in the on the first or second drive, whatever that was. And then the rest of the game was phenomenal. And so I think that's where you know when you talk about how conservative should you be. I mean, you sure you can take the safe thing. And I mean, look, the Cowboys played that way for five games with Cooper Rush, a you know a bus driver type quarterback. But I think when you look at the upside, like John said, I think I think this team is not deep enough everywhere on the roster to where. They probably will need Dak to take chances and elevate them beyond, and that's probably going to come from not being conservative. And I think they got the weapons to do it as well on yeah. the perimeter. I mean, they have the run game weapons clearly with with Zeke and Tony Pollard, but now with T. Y. Hilton, you know, emerging, and you know, you see today, I thought this is one of the better games Dalton Schultz played. 
particularly, you know, as a pass catcher, what he finished with hold on, uh, 10 targets, seven catches, 56 yards, two touchdowns. I thought he was outstanding. CD lamb, 14 targets, 11 catches, a hundred yards. And then T Y, you know, four, four catches, 50 yards. Um, man, but what a 50 yards though. Like what a difference. <laughs> You know, we that's what we fantasized about. If we can just add an OBJ, if we can just add one more piece Terrell at receiver, that, that feels like it would make a difference. I feel really strongly about this receiving core now. Yeah. I no. feel really optimistic that, like, this receiving core can, can do some damage. It's, yeah. uh, it's maybe, yeah, the offensive line a little bit. And then I think in the secondary, I have some questions. But other than that. <laughs> the, only, the only questions I have about this offense when it's clicking is, why can they not get more on a reverse and whatever <laughs> happened to those days where they could run some screens that got really solid gains. You just don't Dude, see a lot of that. The horizontal passing game, like in the red zone, I can't do it. <laughs> throw the ball, and then the next play, they throw he throws a dime to Dalton Schultz touchdown. You know, they, they had CD, yeah. I guess, on a little screen before that. Throw it down the field. I do not like messing around when you're in scoring distance. Take shots. Take four shots at the end zone. A couple shots at the end zone at least. But I can't stand the make a guy miss when the the field is eight yards long. I just don't. I don't understand that. But one other thing I want to point out. I think feel like there's got to be a little bit of a NCAA tournament survive and advance feel that they must be going through right now too because of the fact of having so many games in such a short period of time. I mean, this was one of those games mm-hmm. when you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, you're like, man, they're going to have to go to Tennessee and only a few days rest. I mean, this is just, that's, that's going to be a tough game. I mean, Tennessee is one of the tougher teams in the league. Uh, if you would have said then that, yeah, no, they'll win that game too. And they'll be at 12 and four with a chance to get to 13 wins. I mean, everybody's taking that. Every single person is taking that. So yes, let me sign up for that. So, um, it's kind of one of those things where you just don't want to move the finish line and say, well, now we need some style points on top of that. You know, no, you really just need to keep winning. And that's what they need to do when they get in the playoffs too, is just find a way to win these. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay. Good song. One of my faves. Is that, is that, is that on your is phone? NBC. Yeah, that's my ringtone. Uh, ah, that's a good ringtone. Uh, <laughs> NBA. Is that what that no, was? No, that's NFL. And I think that's Sunday night football. Sunday night football. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Waiting all day for Sunday night. BC something, yeah. Um, no, but I, I get where the players will sit there and they'll and, and they'll downplay the whole like, oh, well, you know, we know that you guys are judging us because it wasn't the perfect game and things like that. But we're, we won the game. We're going to move on, and that's all you can do. And that's the thing. Like, I just you look at any team. Side side, you you know this if if I'm if I'm off on this, but I'm trying to think of a team that just cruised right through the playoffs and won the Super Bowl. Like there's always going to be a game somewhere where your star players aren't going to play their best. And it, you're going to kind of have to find a game, find a way to win that game. It might not be mm-hmm. the prettiest thing, but you just, you have to, you have to just survive in advance. I, I just feel like that that happens to every team. I don't care how dominant you are. And that will happen again this year to whoever wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so too. I think a win's a win in this case, you know, obviously a lot can happen in the next couple of weeks when it comes to, Who's in, who's out, what kind of matchups we're going to see in the playoffs and what the Cowboys are honestly going to look like, you know, health wise. Well, you know what, Ken, Ken, you know, it's another point to that. You know, when you said it, it made me think of the fact of, and if they do play like this and lay an egg in the playoffs, by all means, we'll definitely look back to these games and we'll talk, we'll be, we'll be like, you know, they were showing us signs. They were showing oh, we us will. signs that, that, that the wheels were coming off. And um, we knew that, 
things weren't the same, you know, and, and, and we will look back at all of these games. We'll look back at, at this one. We'll look back at the ten, uh, the Texans game. There's no, there's no question. It'll be Dax. It'll be the, 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 tur- the turnovers. I think that's ultimately, I don't think this defense is going to be the reason this team exits the playoffs. You know, I don't think this defense is going to lay an egg or just not show up or, or whatever. I think if they lose, it's going to be because uh, the offense just can't score points or turns the ball over. So, um, Oh, I could see it being a combo platter. I could see it being oh. uh, the defense isn't really stopping. And so you got to, you know, it's going to be one of these games where it's going to be, you know, first one to 35 type thing. And Dak throws a couple interceptions because yeah, things are clicking for a while there, but he throws some interceptions late, whether he's trying to keep them in the game or take a lead or something like that. And we'll look back and say, look at these costly interceptions, but we'll also have to look at it as, well, where was the defense that we saw earlier in the year? Why is it falling apart? Cause there was, Whoa. you know, one of those touchdowns in, in, in this game tonight, they're actually Tennessee's first touchdown. You know, there was there clear miscommunication. God. I heard Kirk Herbstreit pointed that out. Uh, you know, miscommunication on the back end of the defense that, to be honest with you, if that it was, was Damone Clark, right? Yeah, it was kind of, but I don't know if it was just on got Demone. lost and yeah, couldn't they, they couldn't really pass off the coverage or something. I don't know. That was kind of weird. Right. It, it, it's just one of those things where if that was a one off and there hadn't been concerns like that over recent weeks, you'd just be chalk it up. Right. It's like, yeah, everybody's going to make a mistake here or there. But there's things like that when you see that in the red zone where you're like they go against a really good team in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to capitalize on those situations. When Traylon Burks and Robert Woods look like legit NFL receivers uh, uh, against you, then I think you might need to look at at what the secondary is up to. And that again, that's my biggest question: is can they stop a really good receiver and a quarterback that's having a day? Well, I think really I think it's it. I think it's not even that. I think it's I think what John said in the preview pod is that. Most teams in the playoffs are going to have two good receivers. It's not even like sure. Can you stop I'm just like, I'm worried about one. I'm worried. Can they stop just? Can they stop like, Justin Jefferson? Can they stop Debo Samuel? But again, yeah, that's it. Justin could, Jefferson, you, you got Adam Thielen on the other side. Sure. Yeah. You you can you can keep Jeff Swayman check and hold him to one catch for four yards. Sorry, I just saw that on the box where I forgot. Do you guys Cowboys legend Jeff Swayman, former Cowboys legend. Just wanted to make sure you guys didn't forget. <laughs> Not at all. One of the better draft picks they've had, by the way. Still, that guy's still in the NFL. Seventh. How many seventh round picks from back then are still still kicking it in, in, in today's league? That's pretty. That's pretty awesome for Jeff. Shout out to him. Hey, one other thing I was thinking of yeah. uh, when when Tyler Biotish exited is that no one really talks about him in a very positive way. I feel like if if they're talking about Biotish, it's maybe being critical of well, he had the fumbled he snap right before that, didn't he? Right. And I don't think he was playing great, you know, early mm-hmm. on in this game either, but it is, there is a little bit of that Anthony Brown feel to it where you're like, <laughs> Oh yeah. didn't like that guy. <laughs> now watch, you know? So <laughs> you don't know what you got till it's gone, you know? Okay. Yeah. Now look at what's going to happen. You know? So is Travis Frederick in shape right now? Can you, could nah, you, could you throw him four mil to come back for a playoff run? <laughs> That's I'm nah. being facetious, but uh, I think Terrell uh, Owens or Travis tough. Frederick, which one comes back? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll probably Travis go with Frederick one. all day. I'll, pro- I'll probably go with the guy under forty. Yeah, <laughs> the guy that's not punching people at CVS's for no reason. But uh, John, I, I can't believe you weren't up covering that story last night. You're like, hold on, this this Tennessee matchup can wait. To might be making a return to the NFL. 
You well, you know, on that when you beat, see that stuff, you talk to some people and you talk uh, to some, you even asked about it. I wouldn't have even asked about it. Well, you just, it's not, you don't make it official official, but you just throw it out there and see what people think about it. like, Oh, isn't that crazy? And then you just see if they come back with a, that's no, not really that crazy, but nobody would say that about that. I mean, I just don't think that, I mean, it is whatever, but it is the Cowboys. So there's always, you never close the door on anything, but I would say that it's pretty oh, safe. I close, I'll, I'll, close, I'll close the door on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll close the door on that 10 years ago. Um, I, we saw the headline that said Cowboys and T.O. couldn't make a deal because he was asking for too much money. Mm. No, he would play for free. <laughs> he would pay he the was, Cowboys he, to be on. Wait the a second. He was asking for money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't All right, hear there's that. a headline right there. T.O. needs money. But uh, no, that I mean, Dez is more likely than that. And that's yeah. not going to happen. So yeah. there you, make that what you what you will. I think that. they're good at wide receiver. To yeah, be honest, they're fine. C- that's what I mean. CD is clearly performing like a number one. You know, that was always the talk going into the season last season. Is he a real? Is he the true number one? They're going to move on from Amari Cooper. Is he a real number one? I don't think there's any question. He, he is a legit number one. <clears throat> and if T.Y. Hilton can keep playing like this, then and you you pair him together with Michael Gallup and Noah Brown, and I think you got more than enough weapons at wide receiver to to be just fine to to put up numbers against any team in the NFL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So on a macro level, you know, concerned about Biotis's injury, what that's going to look like, what the really injury situation of this team is going to be like come playoff times, if any guys can heal up real quick and ho- hopefully we get some guys at 100%. What else you got your eye on, John, as we uh, move into the weekend here? Probably just going to stay here a couple extra days. Go up and down Broadway Street a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. This is a cool town. Trying to get discovered. Did you bring your acoustic? You can busk <laughs> on the street. I didn't, but um, this is a really cool town. A lot of lot of good stuff within walking distance. Uh, weather wasn't too bad. Really cool stadium for being an older stadium. I know they're going to be getting a new one, but uh, for my first visit to Nashville, I was pretty impressed. It's it's a pretty good spot if you can if you want to go to a, a game. I I can think of a lot of places worse than this. Who you got in the college football playoff this weekend? Who you got any allegiances? I, well, no allegiance. My allegiance is to the Florida State Seminoles, who made it really <laughs> difficult on me today to try and pay attention to this game in the first half while they were kind of playing with their food a little bit with Oklahoma. So, mm-hmm. uh, but no, in terms of predictions, I think I think it'll end up being Michigan versus Georgia in the national championship game. So, I would love to be wrong on that. I would love to see the Horn Frogs uh, defeat the Wolverines. I just don't think that's realistic. So, yeah, I think Michigan's too good. Too good. 
Great to see TCU in there. Shout out to my frogs. Got to give them some love, and and we'll be watching them. Hopefully, they make DFW proud in the bowl game. But uh, man, feels weird to finish a Cowboy game as we enter a Friday. But that's the way we go with these Thursday night football games. It's so weird. I know John, you were at the game, but it's still so weird to hear Kirk Herbstreet doing NFL. Well, games. you know, it's funny that you say that because. Um, when you mentioned Thursday night football, to me, the first thing that comes to my mind is bad football. And so if the Cowboys had not been played pretty poorly, on brand, in, this was a, some this of, is a yeah. bad game. It was just like, the right. first, especially the first half, it was just like, God. And, and if, if they wouldn't have had, you know, the way that they've played, you know, like we keep bringing up, you know, the Texans game and, and, and how they've played in the last couple of weeks, I think we would look past this one and be like, yeah, it's Thursday night football. Like show me a Thursday night football game. That is good. They're just so few and far between. And and there certainly is something to be said for that. The idea of, is it really the best thing for the league to be having these teams play, you know, Sunday, Monday, Thursdays, like, you know, Saturday, it, yeah, isn't it? It's probably best for these players if you just stick to Sunday and then have the occasional Monday night game. And every once in a while, okay, yeah, you have your Thursday night on, uh, you know, Thanksgiving or something like that. Have a couple, but to just do it every single week, I don't know. I, but obviously, people are watching, and, and the NFL is making money off of it, and so it is what it is. But this game was pretty on brand for Thursday night football. It definitely felt that way with the Josh jo- Josh Dobbs sighting uh, out there. Uh, one more note. Nice, nice white uniforms. Love the white helmets with the white jerseys and the white pants. Thought that looked really clean. Nice uniform combo from your. You know what I like. Today. You know what I like a lot about it too is that when you play on a grass field, after like the jerseys just look They're like disgusting. I feel like they should look in an NFL game. It was kind of funny too because a lot of people talk about or see at least how players exchange jerseys with players on the other team. <laughs> I'm in the locker room after the game and uh, there's a couple of us talking to CD lamb and he's putting these jerseys in his bag. CD lamb got Micah Parsons jersey and T Y Hilton's after the game. And he he's like, I just wanted these. So I'm keeping them. And they just look, you know, destroyed. They're just grass stains all over them. And, oh, but yeah. they are awesome. I mean, they are, they do look great. I mean, and I like them with the white helmet, with the white face mask, all of that. That's the know? first time um, I, they, I, I think they'd worn those with the white helmet. And so that yeah. is a, that's a nice look. I, I like that. That all white, especially against the Tennessee, was in all blue, head to toe. That was a that was a great juxtaposition. By the way, uh, they were covered, John, because I think they had that fake paint on the field. You know, green paint on the field. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they were all. So why is everybody covered in covered in green? Surely it's not muddy or anything. And it's you know, like when you go to training camp and you walk on the field, it's like it ruins your shoes. I think they had a. Like, you know, yeah, we got to I mean, make this like thing look, look green for TV. Yeah. It just that looks so beaten down, you know? It just well, doesn't paint even that look bad like... boy green for the Music City Bowl here in a few days. It'll look great. You know, yeah, that's right. For this game. <laughs> yeah, but it just doesn't look like, I mean, you look at, I don't know if you guys can see the um, sidelines. I mean, that grass is yellow. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so that's probably, you're probably right. That is probably yeah. what it is. Yeah, paint. Just paint, paint that bad boy. All right. Yeah, there he well, is. Father John Machota's at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. John. Don't get too rowdy this weekend. We know how you do when you get near a honky tonk. So, <laughs> hey, this is going to sound stupid, but I was really amazed with how many places on 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 these streets sell cowboy boots and cowboy hats. It was just very stereotypical. Just walking, it's just bar, restaurant, bar, boots, hats, bar, restaurant, boot, <laughs> hat, boots, hat. You know, it was very. Uh, but it's so cool. I, I mean, yeah. I'm 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 a fan. I. It, it was. I'm glad that I got a chance to come out here. I got hired 
full-time by the morning news in 2014, a few weeks into the season. So I missed the last time that they were out here. So I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. I got a three or four stadiums left to go to now to knock off the old bucket list, but this is, uh, this is uh better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's kind of near downtown too, you know? Yeah. Well, when they get, when they get that new stadium, they will, they will be getting a super bowl for sure. That and looks probably great. more than, yeah. pr- probably more than, than one because there's just tons of hotels or tons of bars, tons of restaurants. They're, you know, they're close to the stadium. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the weather shouldn't be terrible in February here. I, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's expensive natural. as hell though, man. Yeah, for sure. Nashville. Yep. I went out there for the star season opener to Nashville. So expensive. Dang. All right. There's our economy commentary <laughs> of the week here on about them. Cowboys. We will, uh, be back, I think, next week for a little preview talk as we um, move into the last week of the season and then we talk playoffs. So let's get this thing popping. For Father John Mishota out there in Nashville holding it down, Saad Yusuf on this Stars Beat. Again, make sure you check out his big Jake Ottinger story. It's about to drop here in The Athletic. Appreciate him for staying up late. We'll talk to you guys next time on About Them Cowboys. Peace. Who knows?